0: Thank you, Pierre. I, I I wish all of you could preach. Then you can realize what it is to come and stand up here and take the microphone. It's It doesn't get easier, I have to say. There's a privilege to stand up here and share a word. Um, but, yeah, thank you, Pierre. Just, Lord, I want to commit this time to you, Lord, and I really trust, even through the prayer meeting, Lord, that... Much of what I'm sharing was echoed as we prayed together and no one knows except you what I was going to share on today, Lord. So I really trust that today finds fertile hearts, Lord, and we would be um, willing, willing to receive that, um, that this isn't spectator as we spoke at the beginning of um, worship. We're not called to be spectators, to come here and listen to a good itchy ear message. I do pray that this message would find a home, Lord, in each and every one of us, Lord. And um, I, I don't know who you want to speak to today, Lord, but you know. So, Lord, I pray that those are listening, that everyone who's listening today, Lord, that they would hear. That you would speak to them, Lord, that this is your word, not my word. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 Okay, so there's only one way to start preaching, and that's just to start. So I'm just going to start. And um, I I had a couple of um, titles, but I landed on this one, and it's very simply this, God's Purpose. God's Purpose. Okay, so stick with me. So we look at some scriptures in that. So a couple of weeks ago, remember we did a combined Sunday afternoon meeting with the morning congregation. And Clint preached. And he preached, I don't know if you remember, because I don't remember much. But it was about the attributes of God. And uh, the nature of God, that's what he spoke about. And that's what then took me to the purpose of God. Why, why, not, not why does God exist, but why do we exist? And what's His purpose with us? Like we know so much. What is His reduced purpose for us? And I want to focus on that today. And the question is then, why even the Bible? So much in here. Like, what are the most important parts? What are the key parts? Why All this history from way back then until, well, sometime in the foreseeable future, is in here. And so that's the point of my message. And if I was to sum it up, all of this, God's purpose is this. It's to reconcile you and I to Him. That's it. It's to reconcile. It's to re something. To reconstitute something that was and isn't anymore. Does that make sense? Reconciliation. Reconciliation is when you make up with someone. You've been broken away from them, your relationship with them is damaged because of something, and when you reconcile, you make up, you restore something, that's the entire purpose of this book, is reconciliation. It's simply the completion of what God intended in the beginning. Alright, someone expand on that. But I'm going to stick with that vein. And so if we want to see, well, what does this look like in the beginning? We go back to Genesis. And sadly, before we put the scripture up, it was just after the fall. And we all know what the fall refers to. Right? God said to Adam and Eve, I'm putting you in this beautiful garden. And you can eat anything, but don't eat from actually from two trees. Don't eat from the tree of knowledge and don't eat from the tree of life. And then we know that the serpent misled Eve, and she ate from the tree of knowledge, and then she said, gave some to Adam, and that was what's known as the fall of man, right? And then if we pick up in Genesis 3, so it's the third chapter in the first book of the Bible, and it says this, that in verse 8, it says, Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden, in the cool of the day. And they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to them and said, Where are you? Now, if I read that, forgive me a little poetic extrapolation. It seems like this was something God did every day. In the cool of the day, God. in fact, it might well have been Jesus that came walking in the garden to walk with man and woman. Like this was normal. And up until that point, actually, they were naked. <laughs> so they walked with God, naked. There was nothing to hide. There was no sin. There was nothing to be ashamed of. They were just probably in God's presence in the afternoon, in the cool of the day, as He walked with them. And that's what God wanted. He'd made this beautiful garden, and He put Adam and Eve in it, and He put them in charge of all the animals, and then He came to be with them every day. Isn't that beautiful? That's what He wanted. Right? Right? Now, I've got to be careful because I tend to drift off my notes. And then when I do, then I go off on a tangent. And I promised today I wasn't going to do that. So I want to stick with my notes. So there was a sense of harmony between God and man. There was a fearlessness. They had nothing to be afraid of. They saw God for who He was. And they... Oh, there's God. Let's go. Oh, and they would walk together in the garden together and they would be together both butt naked with nothing to hide. Right? And so when God asked them not to eat from the tree of knowledge, what was He asking them to do? Will you be faithful to me? That's all I'm asking. Just be faithful. and Do what I ask and then And we'll have harmony between us. But then on that day it changed. And so we see Adam and Eve trying to hide from God. They covered their nakedness with leaves. Like, isn't that a bit stupid? How much more today do we try and cover our nakedness? We learn to become professional Christians. How's it going? My bro, I'm so blessed. Like, my life is awesome. God just loves me and everything is just peachy. And what are you hiding behind your facade, your beautiful smile? Life is just great. Last night, porn was brilliant. I committed murder in my heart because I got angry at the taxi driver like I shouldn't have. Oh, Lord, forgive me too for that. You know what I'm saying? We hide behind our facade today, just like Adam and Eve tried to hide behind a couple of leaves. But God knew. Amen? And so, so we know what happened then. God cursed Adam and Eve. He cursed Adam working the ground, and the ground wasn't going to be able to yield to him. And he cursed Eve with childbearing pains and so forth and so forth. But what happened there and then, Was a broken relationship. What God intended, man broke. Simple. Right? So, and that's how we've been from then until the foreseeable future, which is coming sometime soon. But we're living in the brokenness of that. Do you agree? Okay. So, if that was Genesis 3, let's jump ahead to Revelation 21. I'm skipping all of this, including Lamentations and all those other wonderful books. And we go to Revelation 21, and we read in verse 1, and it says this, the second last chapter of the Bible, and it says this. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city. The new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, now the dwelling of God is with men and he will live with them and they will be his people and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. Can you see a reflection of Genesis 3 in that? What was, will, be. What God started in the beginning, and we messed up, he wants to reinstitute at the end. Okay? Stick with me here. Simple. Man with God and God with man. He wants a restoration, a restoration of an unashamed, unguilty, unabashed, loving, caring, infinite intimate relationship between us and Him. Right? And it's actually available in this life to anyone and to everyone who's willing to receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior. And so actually being a Christian is choosing to choose Him over the tree of knowledge. Isn't it? He asked them to be faithful And they couldn't. So he asks us to be faithful. Now does that mean we need to be stupid? No, that's not what I'm saying. But what are we pursuing? We're pursuing knowledge. We're pursuing him. Now there's a big but, unfortunately. And the but is this. There's only one way that we can do this. And you all know that way. The new heaven and the new earth with reconciliation is only through Jesus. It's only through Jesus. There is no other way. Jesus is like a link pin between us and God. You know when two trains come together, they got those massive I don't know if you've ever seen them. They're like two big knuckles that fit into each other. And there's a pin that pops in there. If you don't put that pin in place, when the locomotive leaves, the caboose, which is the carriage, stays behind. But if the pin is in place, very difficult to remove the carriage at the back. And Jesus is the same. He's the link between us and God. Okay? So... What is reconciliation then? Well, re- first of all, reconciliation doesn't start on Judgment Day. It starts now. It's not something we wait for when we die, all right? Reconciliation is admitting and acknowledging that our thoughts and our shortcomings need repentance, and then embracing God for who He is. Jesus is the stepping stone is the bridge. He's the link that takes us to God. And let's read some scriptures just to support that. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 17. And I want you to read this with me. And we've read this first verse a number of times, but I want to continue with that. It says that, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. And we know that because the old is gone and the new has come. All this is from God who reconciled us. To himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting men's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf. Be reconciled to God. God made Him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in Him we might become the righteousness of God. Now there's two aspects to that. He's reconciled us to Him through Christ, and then He calls us to be reconcilers of others to God. Okay, now I don't want to go down that road, because that's a whole different road. But you see that God gave everything to Christ so that He would reconcile us back to who? God. Who is who? The Father, the Son, and the Spirit. Amen? Let's go to Colossians 1. Verse 21 says, Once you were alienated from God, once we were alienated from God, and were enemies in our minds because of our evil behavior, but now he has reconciled us by Christ's physical body through death to present us holy in his sight, without blemish and free from accusation. God's done it all. But then he goes on in verse 23 and he says this. He has the but. If you continue in your faith, established and firm. Not moved from the hell hope held out in this gospel. This is the gospel that you heard and that has been proclaimed to every creature under heaven. And of which I, Paul, have become a servant. Isn't that just the most incredible gift? Now, I think I'm preaching to a room of believers here. Who understand that Jesus is the gateway. Right? What's His purpose? Reconciling us back to God. Now. Not next week. Not next month. Not next year. Not when you're a better person. Not when you've managed to give up all the things that you know you should be giving up. Not when you think you've become more holy because you read more scripture. Or you listen to more worship. Or you're on your knees longer than you ever were before. None of those things count in your relationship. They should support your relationship. They should support your reconciliation. But they should never be central to the reconciliation process that Christ is trying to achieve in your life. Does that make sense? Jesus said in John fourteen 6, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Thought I'd wear that scripture today. Listen, that's a very bold statement to make. Either Jesus is a liar, or he was who he said he was. And I don't believe God lies. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to me, no one comes to the Father except through me. Man, you don't get there through Buddhism or Confucianism, or any other way. There is only one way to the Father, and that's through Jesus. But He's not waiting to take you then, He wants to take you now, through the process of reconciliation. Isn't it ironic, though, that sometimes our quiet times are anything but quiet? Quiet. We often speak about putting some time aside, quiet time aside and what have you. And then the first thing we want to do is we want to go to our favorite devotional or our favorite scripture or our favorite worship music or or we've got a list of things that we need to ask God for. And I'm not saying these things are not necessary and they're not important. But we come to God to give. Lord, I need and my sister and my cousin and, and me and... And I'm not saying those things are not important. But then what happened to your quiet time? Because quiet time needs to sometimes be exactly that. Quiet. You all know this verse. Psalm 46 verse 10 says, Be still and know that I am God. And it's such a rich verse. But another way of saying that would be, Stop. And acknowledge that I am God. You know the best way to do that? Is to start thanking Him for what He's done. When you start there, you'll be quiet. Because that should bring a sense of awe into your space. Oh Lord, what you've done. And then you can read your scriptures and you can go through your devotionals and you can listen to your worship and you can get on your knees. But give God quiet time. He's not in the storm, in the earthquake. In the, he's actually in the quiet, still voice. And He's begging you to hear Him. I read an, I read an example earlier this week and it made me think... Um, A newborn baby, you take this baby away from its mother, okay? As the child grows up, you tell it everything you can about its mother. What she looks like, what she wears, what her laugh sounds like, how she works, how everything you can, her favorite colors, everything. Do you think the child will ever know its mother? Can't. Doesn't get embraced doesn't spend time. Our relationship with God is exactly the same thing. We can learn so much about do we spend time intimately knowing Him? Telling Him what we know about Him. When Jesus came along, He sure taught a lot, didn't He? (laughs) The Beatitudes... How many of those um, portions of Scripture kind of give you the shivers? Oh, I need to come back to that, because I don't live like that, but I'll come back. Pick that up one day. But he would often start by saying, well, the kingdom of God is like this, or it's like that, right? But ask yourself, how often did he emphasize, you need to study and remember the Scriptures? Did he? He didn't. In fact, quite the opposite, unfortunately. He rebuked the very custodians and teachers of the law. The Jews and the Pharisees and the Sadducees. They seemingly worked so hard to know Scripture, but they didn't understand it. In John 5.39, he speaks, this is red letter, he says, You diligently study the Scriptures, because you think by them you possess eternal life. These are the scriptures that testify about me, yet you refuse to come to me to have life. We go to Jesus for life. He brings us to the Father. How many times did He say, if you know me, you'll know the Father? I don't do anything except what the Father tells me to do. The Father and I are one. So there's this dual reconciliation that takes place. When we reconcile with Jesus, He takes us to the Father. Why? Because God sent Him so that we could reconcile through Him back to the Father. Back to God. Now I want to be clear. Must you read this? Please do. Don't not read this. Don't not study it. Don't neglect it. Please don't neglect worship. Don't neglect prayer. But there must be platforms that points you to Jesus. This whole book points to Him. The whole Old Testament points to His coming. And the whole New Testament talks about Him. You've got the Gospels that focus on the life of Christ. And then you've got everything after John that points back to Jesus. Oh, but we're called... This is how we should live. This is how we should do things. This is what our faithfulness should look like. This is what our obedience should look like. Why? Because we want to be close to Him. So that we're reconciled with God. Let me offer you this angle. I don't want to get too technical about this, but listen to me. If you meet someone for the first time when you're single, and your heart starts to flutter. There's a chemical thing going on here. Ooh, ooh, quite nice, ooh, okay? There's like a flutter that goes on. It's like a person who loves reading books. You s- a, a book reader, a bookworm, will, will pick up a book and they just look at the cover and the cover grabs them. Oh, look at the title or the picture. I'm going to read this book. They have no idea what's inside the book but they're attracted to it because they know the author or they like the picture or whatever it is, right? So when you meet someone for the first time, it's like, whoa, man, do they tick boxes, eh? Hair, eyes, etc., etc. What you don't realize, though, is that you go into this phase immediately of finding out what are they like. Do they match my moral code? It's not a question you ask yourself, but it's something you subliminally do. It's something you unconsciously do. Do they, do they have a sense of humor like I do? Do they, are they, do they value the things that I do? Are, like, are the things that are important to me important to them? Right? And you start to size them up. Okay? And you don't even realize it, but you're ticking boxes. Oh, they like to run, and I like to run. Tick. And they love movies, and I love movies, and and they like sushi, and I don't like sushi, but I'll eat um, cucumber, because I'm happy, you know what I'm saying? And you kind of, but then you get to a point where you stop finding out about them, and you actually just enjoy being with them. Does that make sense? You don't, it's not so, you've, you've worked out enough about them, that they actually, like we're a good fit. Hey, let's just, and now you're not, you don't, you don't stop seeking information, but you slow down. Cause I just love being with him. I just wanna, man, it's a beautiful day. Let's just, yeah, you know, cause we like to walk together. Let's go. Now, when you come together like that, you know what? We're all broken. We all got a history of, Man, we got hurt, and we got hurt in church, and we come from broken relationships, and we got our issues, right? At school, I wasn't picked for the sports team, and I was bullied by my older brother, and we we got our issues. We come with baggage, okay? And then that's the difficult thing when people get married, because they come there with their baggage, and they usually keep the suitcases locked, shut. And then after they get married, then they open them. Oh, by the way, I got this. And I got this, and I whoa, I do not know about that. Yeah, I know, I know, because I kept it hidden. But now we're married. Now we have to deal with this, okay? So when we go to God, it's the same thing. We come with our baggage, but God doesn't have any baggage. He just loves us the way we are. However much dirty laundry we pull out, and brokenness, and hurting, and whatever, God goes, it's okay. You're not going to offend me, you're not going to hurt me, you're not going to upset me. I love you the way you are but let me help you with that stuff and I'll grow you through it but I come to reconcile with you and I want you to reconcile with me that's his heart so coming into land We're going in holiday now, into holiday season and Christmas season, and things slow down. I think Pierre alluded to it earlier. It's like, we want to slow down. We, if you get leave, holidays, that kind of thing, you like you sleep late, and maybe you go to gym, but I don't think so. You tend to eat a little bit more. You tend to be a little bit more lazy. It's a wonderful time of year. But I feel like God is calling us to press into Him more, not to fall back. It's not by filling our heads with more knowledge or upping the Bible study. It's about openly and honestly dedicating short periods of time to His presence. Close with a scripture. I'd encourage you to read one. Uh, Colossians 1, 15, talks about the supremacy of Christ. Colossians 1 verse 15. But I'm going to read from verse 19. And it says this. Listen to these words. For God was pleased to have all His fullness dwell in Him. For God was pleased to have all the fullness of God dwell in Jesus. And through Jesus to reconcile Himself all Things, Whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through His blood shared on the cross. God gave everything to Jesus. The full measure of God in the Son, so that we can be reconciled back to God. That's His purpose. And I want to finish with a quote from Spurgeon. And it says this, listen to this carefully. Let it be noted here, however carefully, that while the fullness is treasured up in Christ, it is not said to be treasured up in the doctrines of Christ. Though they are full and complete, and we need no other teachings when, when the Spirit reveals the Son in us, Nor is it said to be treasured up in the commands of Christ. Although they are amply sufficient for our guidance. But it is said. It pleased the Father. That in Him. In His person. Should the fullness of the Godhead dwell. In Him. As God incarnate dwells. In the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Not as a myth or a dream, or a thought, or a fiction, but as a living, real personality, we must lay hold of this. So I'm going to close with this. I beg you, I'm begging you, I'm asking you, I'm earnestly beseeching you, if I misuse an old King James word, I beseech you, I beg you, spend some quality time every day, The presence of the Lord. Dedicate 5, 10, 15 minutes. Not to overload Him. But to allow Him to overload you. With His presence. It's not somewhere out there. You don't have to pass a test. You don't have to be super knowledgeable. You just have to be desperate for the presence of God. And He will meet you. Amen? Amen. Amen.